0: Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Sydney, Australia with my new friend, Linda King of thesmarttravelista.com. Linda was born in Sydney and grew up there, so it is a special place in her heart. Even though she now lives in Melbourne, she visits family and friends in Sydney as often as she can. In this episode, Linda and I talk about having a drink at the Sydney Opera House, shopping the weekend markets at the Rocks, and taking a ferry to Taronga Zoo. You hear about these three amazing experiences and so much more. The show notes will be available at weTravelThere.com forward slash Sydney. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Acorns is one of my favorite apps because it helps me invest spare change automatically. Every time I make a purchase with a registered debit or credit card, the transaction is rounded up to the next dollar. Then, Acorn invests these roundups in my personalized portfolio. Plus, when you shop at participating retailers or service providers, you can earn additional found money to invest in your future. Examples of current and previous partners include DoorDash, Liberty Mutual, Macy's, and FedEx. I've been using Acorns for years and love how much money I've saved up from all these small investments. Sign up using my referral link at wetravelthere.com forward Acorns to start saving today. Hey, Linda, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Lee. Thanks for having me.
0: Today, we're talking about one of my favorite cities in the world, Sydney, Australia. I've been there twice, and I can't wait to go back for a third time. So what's your connection to, to Sydney?
1: So I was born in Sydney um, and grew up there, so it has a really special place in my heart. Um, I visit as often as possible um, to visit family and friends that are living there. I currently live in Melbourne, um, but Sydney is only just around the corner. It's only a flight away. Um, so yeah, it for me, Sydney, I love the people and the culture. And obviously, because I was born there, it, yeah, it's a great place.
0: Oh, absolutely. So if you had to describe the the people or the city in just a couple words, how would you do that?
1: I think I'd call it cosmopolitan. So it's similar to any really big city in the world. But yeah, I, I think cosmopolitan would, would fit it really nicely.
0: I love Sydney in the sense that it feels like a small town. It's not like as busy and crazy as like New York. It's not as... To me, anyways, didn't have as much traffic as L.A., but it still has all the modern amenities and kind of like big city feel. For sure. So if people are, are coming there to visit Sydney, what time of year should they plan on visiting? Because I, I, obviously we know that they have the opposite seasons uh, as they do here in the U.S.
1: Yeah. Um, Sydney's really good. It's It's got a really nice climate. So with our winters, they're really mild, so they're not too cold. Um, it's got similar latitude actually to Los Angeles or or Rome in Italy, and summers are very hot. So it really depends on what what you like. If you like the heat, come to Sydney in summertime because it is very very hot. But winters are very mild. So I'd say Sydney's the sort of place you could come any any time through the year. I would say depending on what you're coming for so we do have a lot of different festivals and and, and events that are happening obviously they're very popular and it means that things are a little bit more expensive so my suggestion would be if you can just sort of going off or shoulder seasons because they're going to be the cheapest for you but really as far as weather's concerned it's, it's lovely all year round yeah so it just depends on what you're after what sort of weather you're after
0: that's nice yeah because like we're recording this right now between Christmas and, and New Year's and I know one of the things that that's a big uh, draw for for people is actually to celebrate the new year in Sydney because it's one of the first one of the first cities in the world that actually gets to experience the new year
1: absolutely and we have I have to say we've got the best fireworks display in the whole world I usually put it on top of the Sydney Harbor Bridge let sort of focus it on that it's really beautiful and yeah. very exciting time. And yes, we're one of the, one of the first, which is great. And you go, you guys probably see us on the, on TV with the fireworks.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And like we were talking about that right now uh, here in the, in the, I'm in Nashville and it's winter. We actually have a nice warm winter right now, but it's winter and it's normally pretty cold. So if people want to come visit during the summertime, now is like the summer in Australia. So if you want a warm Christmas and, we actually when we were there one time we were we were there right before Christmas time and we saw Santa wearing shorts, which was totally blew my mind.
1: Yep. Yeah, everything <laughs> everything's in repeat here for Christmas. You know, in the northern hemisphere you've got the colder weather mostly. Um here it's a bit hotter. So we're not having hot food at our Christmas lunch. We're having more colder things like salads and, and lighter sort of food. So but yeah, it's it's interesting. And yes you will you will see Santa with shorts on board shorts.
0: <laughs> and then same thing, like, you know, cause I have children and a lot of times we do a lot of our travels during the summertime because that's when they're not in school. And so if we visited during the summertime, we'd have to bring our, at least the light coat because it's going to be a little chillier there in Australia versus the heat here in the U S yeah, absolutely. And so like you mentioned, in some other different festivals that happen throughout the year. Obviously the fireworks is a big thing. What are some of the other festivals that maybe there are some of your favorites?
1: Yeah, there's sort of a Sydney festival in the in the new year that you can go to. We're big on Easter as well. We have like a um, the fair, the Easter Easter fair where people go to get show bags and all that sort of thing. Um, there's usually something going on all year round. Depending on whether you you know you're into art or you're into other sports, all that sort of thing. Sydney's very much about bringing those sorts of things to to people and also um, a lot of shows as well. So if you're into theater shows, that's very big as well.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah, I know on one of our trips, we actually saw the Australian rugby team versus the New Zealand rugby team. So I know rugby is like one of the more popular sports there, correct?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, Um, anything sport. One big thing about Australians, if you don't know this already, we love our sport. That could be any sport, tennis, rugby, football, soccer, you name it. We're
0: into it. <laughs> That's awesome. Right on. Okay. So if we're planning our visit down there, obviously we're going to fly into the, the Sydney International Airport. That's one of the major airports that people are going to be flying from the U.S. into Australia. Uh, and then from there, do you recommend renting a car or take public public transportation? We've done both and renting a car was a little odd because we're driving on the, on the left-hand side of the road. So that took a little while to get used to. But the public transportation was super easy from getting from the airport to the the, kind of like the central business district area. Yeah.
1: So it depends on what you want to do, Lee. So if you're mainly staying in Sydney in the CBD, then you can quite easily get around without having hiring a car. You could go on the public transport. So we've got a train, Uber, a taxi, also got a light rail. So there's a lot of different options. If you're staying in Sydney but you want to venture further out to so do like little day trips, then a car really comes into its own because to do that by public transport starts getting a little bit more costly. So, um, yeah, it depends on what whether you're just in the city to see everything in, in Sydney. If you're there to see other places like Blue Mountains or other places outside of Sydney, then then a car is worth it.
0: Oh, for sure, yeah. Like I, uh, I think on our first trip, we we actually stayed in in Bowerl for a few days, and it was it was pretty amazing. Uh, the wine country out there. We didn't get a chance to make it to the Blue Mountains, uh, but we did go to uh, the Featherdale Wildlife Park, and that that was really fun, being able to actually just walk among the, the little kangaroos and the the wallabies uh, and everything. But also, Sydney has some pretty amazing zoos right there in the middle of the city too. They got the Taronga Zoo and the Sydney Zoo, right?
1: Yeah, Taronga Zoo is fabulous. So you can get, it's right on the harbour. Yeah, it's an amazing zoo. A lot of kids at school go there on excursions, but it's, yeah, it's one of probably a really big zoo that's really, really worth looking at when you're there as well.
0: Absolutely. So say we, public, we take the public transportation and then we're, we're kind of hanging out in the, the CBD area. Uh, is there, what part of town should we plan on booking a hotel?
1: It depends on what you want to do. A lot of your activities are in the CBD then I would suggest that you get a hotel in the CBD probably a little bit more expensive to do that but then you're in the middle of the action so at the end of the day that will save you money because you could potentially walk to a lot of the attractions but if you're really on a budget and you do want to save money then it's potentially worth going a little bit out, out. but what you'll do is you'll you'll have more transport costs so What I would say is think about what you want to do when you're in Sydney. If what you're wanting to do is in the CBD, then definitely it's worth staying and paying that money to stay in the CBD because you can walk around and a lot of the attractions are very close to each other in the city. So, yeah, and it's good exercise. And also you get to see a little bit more about Sydney. So, yeah, it's probably the suggestion. But, again, it's about what you want to do.
0: For sure. And then the same thing if you – you know, This way, if you're if you're staying in that CBD area, you don't have to worry about renting a car. You don't have to worry about trying to find parking, which I, I understand is pretty expensive as well.
1: Yeah, parking is very expensive. And that's why I say if you rent a car, then you've got to pay for that parking to then use it later. So yeah, there's a lot of really good transport options. And yeah, if you're in the CBD, everything's self-contained for you. So it's really
0: good. For sure. If you're going to rent a car, it's probably better off plan your trip where you're seeing everything within that walking or public transportation and just rent the car for the couple of days that you need it to be able to go out to like the blue mountains or borrow or any of the other areas outside of the the city. Correct.
1: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way. And then you're utilizing everything you can before you then have to pay the money for the car.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then are there any parts of the city that maybe people should not book a hotel or people should kind of stay away from?
1: So I wouldn't book a hotel in Redfern, a little bit of more of a rougher area of Sydney. but any other areas like central um, Town hall around that Sydney CBD area are pretty good. Um you've also got King's Cross, King's Cross, you probably, everyone probably knows about King's Cross, it's a red light district. That's okay to do It's probably on the little bit of the the rough side at night, but, if you're back in your hotel by then, you're, you're going to be okay. But that's also another, um, it's interesting, obviously, around there, <laughs> um, depending on what you're after. But then, yeah, I'd probably stay away from King's Cross and Redfern. But other than that, you've got a lot of different good places to stay in, which are probably quite affordable and safe.
0: The first time we came to, to Australia, what surprised us literally at the airport as we were trying to board the plane or check into the to our flight was that actually... Australia requires travelers to have a visa in order to be able to to travel there, correct?
1: Yeah, it depends on your nationality and what your passport has on it. So always good to check that. You know, Australia, as other countries, want to make sure that the tourists are coming for tourist reasons um, and not overstaying their visa. Because, you know, Australia is a lovely place and everyone wants to stay here, obviously. But yeah, so it's really good to check on that aspect. So for me you know, when I go to the US, I need a visa. So it's a similar sort of thing. So it's probably part of your travel prep if you're doing it you're on your yourself to check on that. And usually the visas are like 30 and 60 day, even 90 day visas. It's just one of the formalities when you come to Australia that, that you need to do that. But always check on nationality or passport because that does affect whether you need a visa or not.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the things that I just fell, I fell victim to that. Whereas I just kind of, Assumed. Oh, it's 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 kind of like the U.S. because uh, Australia and the U.S. Are, are very similar in many different ways, right? And so I just kind of assumed. Oh yeah, it's everything's gonna be fine. And then we got to the airport, and they're like, uh, "Where's your visa?" And so we were literally on our phones trying to order our visas for our for our flight. It felt a little awkward, but so yeah, definitely plan ahead if you're gonna be if you're gonna be traveling there. So let's talk a little bit about some of the things that we should do while we're there visiting. Obviously, you mentioned earlier the the Sydney Harbour Bridge, fantastic icon. Anna and I actually climbed it on one of our trips there. And and so that was really cool to do a little on the expensive side, but it's still like a a once in a lifetime type of memorable experience. So I definitely highly recommend that. And also the the Sydney opera house is also one of those iconic things of Sydney that I think everybody should take a tour of that. Right.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. um, And also with the Sydney opera house, there's shows that, that are on there and you can also, if you, you know, after a meal or a drink, the opera bar, You'll have a phenomenal view of both Sydney Harbour and the Opera House while you're having a drink or a meal, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. There's some really other great places to go to. We've got The Rocks, which is very close to the Sydney Harbour Bridge where they've got weekend markets. Circular Quay is fabulous as well. So, you know, you mentioned about Taronga Zoo. You would get a ferry out from Circular Quay to see that. Also Manly and Neutral Bay, Watson's Bay and Mossman. And also, I was just going to say, there's some other places in Sydney as well. You're not too far actually there from the shopping. So if you're going to any of those places, you're very
0: close to that as well. Oh, okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. We didn't go to Manly Beach when we were there, but we did go to Bondi Beach, and that was really fun. Uh, it was nice being able to go in there in the water and enjoy yourselves. One of that was really cool is right there. There's like a restaurant at the kind of like the, the end of the beach where they actually have a pool where the water uh, splashes in from the ocean against the rocks and lands in, in the pool there.
1: Yeah. Bondi is awesome. Um, it's probably the first place that people think about when it when it comes to the beaches in Sydney, but we've got a lot of beaches. We've got over a hundred beaches in New South Wales. So, but yeah, it, totally awesome.
0: What it, like, okay. Cause I know obviously if, if everybody's thinking of, of Bondi beach, it can kind of get overcrowded, right? Maybe you want to go there for a little bit just to say you went. Uh, maybe have a drink or, or whatever. But if you want to go and relax and, and maybe go to a different beach, that's not going to be as packed with all the tourists and everything. What are some of your favorite beaches for that?
1: Where I was born near is a beach, Cronulla beach, um, which mm-hmm. is down South in Sydney. And there's also another lovely beach, Coogee beach, which a lot of people go to as well. So if you're close to the airport, when you're coming into um, Kingsford Smith airport in Sydney, If you go probably not a few kilometres away down south, you actually come to a place called Cronulla Beach and it is a really popular, a bit of a laid-back beach. There's a lot of cafes there, a lot of walking down there and and there's like a whole selection of beaches down there as well. So, yeah, if you're a beach person, check out our beaches. We've got 100 to offer but probably Bondi is probably the top of your list if you haven't been there already and then you can check some of the others out.
0: Oh fantastic. You mentioned the Rocks earlier. Is it like the name of a place or is it like a really just like a bunch of rocks or what what is that?
1: So it's a place called The Rocks. It's an an, an older establishment that was created by some of the settlers I think back in the day and it's there's a lot of different cafes there so you can have like German beer but really little Um, unique little shops there. So things that you wouldn't find in the the CBD of Sydney that are sort of a little bit older or unique. So anything sort of historical is down in the Rocks. Uh, I think they've got a German, like an Oktoberfest bar down there. Oh, nice. They've also got some other um, more topical restaurants, like Italian restaurants. You've got a really nice Holiday Inn down there, which is, I think it's called the Holiday Inn, um, the Rocks. And from there, you can get a really good view of Sydney Harbour. So it's sort of like old meets new, if I could describe it. So it's sort of like old history meets new Sydney.
0: Oh, fantastic.
1: But what's really popular down there is the markets. A lot of vendors go down there. And again, really unique sort of pieces that you wouldn't find anywhere else
0: in Sydney. Oh, that's really cool. Now, one of the things I... I think it was near Circular Quay. And again, for, for listeners, when you see the word key, it's actually Q-U-A. So it, that threw me off uh, the first time. But I, I think it was near Circular Quay. There's actually uh, casinos, which I didn't expect to see when I was visiting Sydney.
1: Yeah, so we've got the Star Casino. Actually, a little bit further up from the Circular Quay. It's not far, um, but it's more closer to Darling Harbour and there's the Star Casino, and a lot of really nice hotels are there as well, but obviously they're part of that, that chain. But, yeah, if you if you want to go for entertainment, then the Star would be the place to go, the casino.
0: Oh, nice. Okay. Well, now you were kind of mentioning a little bit earlier there about the Rocks, some of the, the different restaurants as far as Oktoberfest and, and some of the others. What are some of your favorite places for food while we're there visiting?
1: We're big on seafood in Australia. And there's a lot of seafood. So a really good place to go for seafood is Darling Harbour. So Darling Harbour's a little bit further, probably only a small walking distance from the CBD. So if you say you're in the shopping area, Pitt Street Mall, if you walk over uh, sort of down some of the streets, you'll get to a big bridge that'll take you to Darling Harbour. Darling Harbour has some amazing seafood. I think Sydney all round, because we're surrounded by water, there's a lot of seafood around. So that's probably one thing that you really want to eat when you're in in Sydney. I can tell you that the seafood is just so lush. You'll go, my God, I've never tasted something so nice in all (laughs) my life.
0: That's amazing. So what are your your recommendations for for seafood then?
1: Well, it depends on your price list. So if your price is no option, like if you're okay with money, I would go to Doyle's or Jordan's. They are the, the best seafood restaurants in Sydney if you're looking for more affordable you're probably going to somewhere like bluefish sydney which is in darling harbour so if you go to darling harbour which is also a really interesting place to visit you'll see a lot of seafood places there Um, so it's probably worth going down there or if you're into the expensive ones once in a lifetime go to doyle's or jordan's very very nice as well
0: oh fantastic okay so what about if uh you know if we want to start off our day, we're getting ready to go explore and, and walk all over the city. Where would we go for breakfast to kind of get a get a good meal and a rally?
1: So many options to choose from. If you've been savvy with your hotel, they'll give you a full breakfast as part of your deal. That would be a really good start. But if you were to go down into central CBD. There's a lot of cafes to choose from. Another really good place is, as we mentioned before, Circular Quay. There's a really lot of a lot of really good restaurants down there. Again, depends on where you're staying. So if you're staying near Circular Quay, you'd be going down there, or maybe the Rocks for breakfast. If you're staying in, say, CBD, around the you know around the Hiltons and the you know Holiday Inns further in, then you've got an abundance of choice for breakfast.
0: So do you have any specific recommendations for like maybe if we're staying there in, the, in that CBD area?
1: Yeah. Go Cappuccino. It's right inside uh, Sydney Hilton. Amazing.
0: Right on. Okay. What if I, if I'm traveling with my wife and we want to go out someplace like you know, dancing and, and just for like a, a nice dinner, maybe a glass of like a glass of wine or something after dinner, where would we do that?
1: There's a place called the establishment, which is very top notch. That would be really lovely. And the bars also around the sydney hilton around that way there's some really lovely places um another place that you you may want to go down to is darlinghurst there's a whole street of bars and restaurants down there as well so that's coming into the CBD. you've got an abundance but the establishment is is the place to go you've got the wine and the dining and also the the drinking
0: oh fantastic well right now, well linda i really appreciate sharing all these amazing tips But now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody was traveling to Sydney and only had time for one meal, where would they go and what what should they eat?
1: Easy, seafood, go to Darling Harbour.
0: And uh, in Darling Harbour, is there a specific restaurant you'd recommend?
1: I'd say Bluefish is the place to be.
0: I know you mentioned that you grew up in Sydney and that you lived there for many years of your life. Which one of your most memorable stories?
1: Oh, a really good story that I had. I was on a night out and I needed to get a cab or a taxi as we call it to go home. Someone approached me and he was a limo driver and he goes, where are you going to? And I told him my address and he said, I'll charge you what the cabs are gonna charge you. And I went, you're on. So I got a limo ride all the way home.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I mean, it's nothing like having that, that little bit of luxury on the way home after a nice night of out, out hanging with friends. That's it. <laughs> well, speaking of good times and happy memories, where's the happiest happy hour in Sydney?
1: I would say Marble Bar. So again, inside the Sydney Hilton.
0: Oh, right on. I'll, I'll definitely have to check out that. I might have to stay at the, the Sydney Hilton, because there's so many good things right there by it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, one of the things I always do whenever I travel is check out the local pizza. What's the best place for pepperoni pizza in Sydney?
1: Best place for pepperoni pizza, either Bella Brucia or Papa John's.
0: Bella Brugia? Is that like a local chain or is that like a like a mom and pop type of place?
1: Bella Brucia is a rest, like a restaurant and Papa John's is a, is a, a like a pizza chain.
0: Oh yeah yeah we have we have Papa John's here too. so <laughs> <laughs> nothing against the, the change, but I definitely love supporting the, the small mom and pops. I think you just get so much more flavor and like a, just a better experience of it something like that. Yeah, great.. So I, I know that you've written a few books. you're a travel writer like I am uh, so you must have some amazing tips. What's one of your best travel tips?
1: So if you're in Sydney, one of my best travel tips would be to get an Opal card, which is your public transport. Um, and load the multi-day pass on it it will save you a lot of money or if you want the ultimate way to save money walk everywhere no money spent at all but as far as travel tips do it yourself book it online book ahead check out the currency conversions are they positive they'd be my big tips to save money
0: fantastic well again i appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all these amazing tips can you tell the audience a little more about who you are and what you do Sure. So I'm
1: from Melbourne, Australia. I'm an Australian travel writer, author and blogger. And my name's Linda King, obviously. I have four books available on Amazon and I'm also the creator of the Smart Travelista, which combines my love of travel and saving money. My books are available on Amazon and they're under the Smart Travelista guide. So I've got four books in the series. Finding the Best Travel Bargains and Managing Your Budget. The Best Overseas Bargain Shopping how to increase your airline loyalty points and fly for free, and how to protect your travel health and safety. If you want to find me online, you can find me at my website, thesmarttravelista.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm Facebook at thesmarttravelista, and also the same handle at Instagram. Uh, For Twitter, it's the underscore travelista, or you can email me at thesmarttravelista at gmail.com.
0: Well, fantastic. Well, We'll include links to all that in the show notes. And again, I appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all these amazing tips. And we look forward to seeing you when we travel there.
1: Great. Thanks for having me late. It's been
0: a pleasure. What an awesome conversation with Linda. I've been to Sydney twice, and I can't wait to go back again so that way I can use Linda's tips. You can find all the links we talked about today at wetravelthere.com forward slash Sydney. We want to say thank you to Acorns for being today's affiliate partner. With Acorns, you can invest spare change automatically on every purchase that you make. Plus, you can earn found money by shopping at participating retailers. This is a great way to easily build up your travel fund. For a limited time, when you sign up at wetravelthere.com forward slash acorns, we'll both earn $5. Join us next time as we head to Dublin, Ireland. seek my new friend Dr. Jennifer of sidewalksafari.com. In this episode, Dr. Jennifer and I talk about Tradfest, which is Ireland's largest traditional and folk music festival, visiting the Guinness Storehouse to sample some beer, and seeing the thousand-year-old Book of Kells. Hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app, that way, you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations.